Welcome to the ESBC Betting Podcast. This is Brandon Lupian, aka at Portland 76er. If you're following us on Twitter, I'm joined today again with Brandon First. You could find him on Twitter at First Report. Brandon, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Uh, you know, getting getting closer to sports. We don't quite know exactly. <clears throat> excuse me. The but we're definitely getting closer, and um, I think all sports fans, that's something to not only look forward to, but also for lives to hopefully get somewhat back to normal. You know, with uh, uh, San Diego, especially where we're located, going into a deeper realm, phase two, um, bars and restaurants are starting to open up. Um, what do you have to say about that? You know, it's it's a bit bittersweet for me um, just cause I mean, it hits very close to home. Right. I'm a, a bartender. Um, it's I'm a bartender in a bar in a restaurant. So, which, you know, means order or islands if you're in Southern California. Um, so there are a lot stricter rules on that. They are pretty much frowning upon the standing um, inner bar or kind of like standing to grab a drink. So, you know, for me personally, I went from having, you know, up to 15, 15 to 20 guests at a time to now maximum five or six. And that's going to take a huge, huge toll on me. But I do know it, it is um, going to change the industry forever, but we have to start somewhere. I think it will get back to somewhat normal. I don't think we'll ever, you know, see people doing body shots, at least outside of certain, <laughs> certain bars. Yeah, um, PB. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, I, I think PB is going to be PB, and I'm sure every town has a bar or an area like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's about returning at least to somewhat, I don't think we'll ever get to new normal, or to the old normal, but it's trying to get to the new normal and really we had to get back to we had to get back to normal um at some point or at least start working that way um but hopefully you know as a sports gambler i think the the best thing is knowing that not right away but it's almost kind of like a clean slate because usually you know it's like vegas or it's like blackjack the the house has the advantage you know vegas has a lot of inside information vegas didn't live through the 1918 spanish flu so we're all kind of at a, a, a similar starting point, and we've done the research pretty much these last three months um, to get you ready for when that does happen. Oh, and it's going to happen a whole lot sooner than later. It's looking, um, going down uh, menu, where we like to bring up stuff that we see on Twitter, um, and there's a lot of changing to this story as the hours of the day have gone by. But let's start with uh, this. Uh, MLB floated the 50-50 share to generate player action, which it did. Then they came out with a new sliding scale, which was a lower uh, low offer, which they knew would generate more player action, um, which it did. Um, so the players already agreed somewhat to a 50-50 cut. Cool. You know, that's something that shows progression in regards to this. their sport started up and, and ready for for. Uh, 82 game season now they are presenting a lower ball offer where it's a sliding scale depending on what you're making uh as as a, a 
higher end salary guy versus a younger uh, MLB mid mid range kind of guy. Um, it, it's really changed the dynamic what the 50-50 split agreement was. And um, again, this is an ever evolving story as the day goes on. And, and it's an open negotiation, which we have to be uh, in tune to. Um, your thoughts? Um, you know, it's, it's hard because it's always for me when, when we have labor negotiations, it's, as I say, billionaires and millionaires. When, you know, most of the country either doesn't have a job or a lot of things are in the air. It's hard to sit here. But when you do look at the numbers, I have them right here. And they were actually very mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, no one's going to miss meals. No one's going hungry by this in terms of the players. But let me just put it to you this way. Um, pretty much, if, if you're on the bottom scale in terms of salary, you're going to get the highest percentage of what your contract is. So in terms of, let's just say, you make $5 million. That's your Okay. That is about, what, 25%. We're obviously playing half the season. So we're, you can see the frustration from the players that, hey, we're playing half. It's fair to go 50-50, but now we're even going even lower. And we go to, if you're in the upwards, and there's only a couple of these players, but if you're making $35 million, $2.8 million is a lot of money. But let me ask you as a listener or a person, do you want to work for a smaller percentage? Did that come in correct? That came in, say those numbers one more time. Start with the five million a year salary, salary. Gotcha. Uh, before, we, before we move forward. Yeah. So yeah, if you if your contract is it's $5 million this year, that's your yearly salary. It's rather on the kind of lower scale. You're going to get $1.64 million this year. That's a low... Yeah. Uh, it's low, but I'm definitely not going to starving. Oh, no, no, no. And I don't want anybody to, you know, yep. start p- protesting for these poor players. Yeah. But I do think it is important to see it from a put-yourself-in-their-shoes situation. Okay. The higher salary, where were we at? We were at, if you're at um, $35 million, which is probably only about three or four players, mm-hmm. your salary is now $7.8 million. That is, I mean, once again, we're not starving, but that's that's a percentage of work that you're getting paid. Now, I do believe the way I understand it, certain players will have this money paid off later. But like I said, we're not, no one's missing, um, or no one's missing dinner. No one's going to have to take a welfare check. Um, but it might affect the psyche of these players when they come back. Manny Machado might not bust his, well, okay. Um, uh, uh, Mookie Betts might not bust his ass because he's only making X number and he's fine. So the, uh, the, maybe a team like the twins that has a bunch of, you know, $10 million guys, 
they're actually getting paid towards the middle. So I'm glad you brought up Mookie Betts. Um, this is someone that I really feel sorry for because before this, going to be after this season, since that one-year service time will count, he's going to be the guy that was supposed to get paid a big bunch of bucks next season uh, going into free agency. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely would put myself out that much if, if I'm going to have to end up taking that. But um, I'm glad you put those numbers. Here's another thing that I wanted to touch up upon in regards to those numbers. Every one of those guys not only has to take care of their family with those, but they also have representation. And if representation is going to speak, and I'm sure they are speaking these negotiations, they're definitely telling these guys right now, you guys aren't going to accept this deal. A guy like Scott Morris, for example, I heard this over the air hours ago. He charges a 5% commission rate on all, his, on all his guys. Garrett Cole just signed this mega deal. That came out calculated to about 1.3 for the entire Scott Boris was going to make. Now, for a prorated agent schedule, that's getting broken down to about 900000 Now, with this current 70 to 75% cut, getting, he getting dropped from 900000 let's just say to what? It comes out to somewhere range from 135 to 145000 so if I'm a player's agent, and and none of those agents uh, bring for a meal as well, but you know what? My cut's going to be affected, and my agent and whoever is on my payroll is going to be affected. Well, so, yeah, this is an open negotiation, as I mentioned earlier, and um, it it it's surprising to say we you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of these guys aren't going to be playing at 100%. This bar is going to affect – this by far is going to affect what Vegas puts out there and probably the consumer um, has a serene money-wise. I, I think this week, you know, Vegas is going to late to the game in regards to how they're putting numbers down. Yeah, better some – of. Uh, those lines. I agree. And, you know, there's another thing that, and I've kind of been talking about this for a while is next year is the CBA negotiations, right? That's the big one. Right. That's the one that could really mess things up. The 70 to 75% cut is what proposal is. It, uh, the owners are really putting it on the Players Association, and I'm sure the Players Association is going to put out what they feel is fair um, with uh, an agent's voice in the back of their head as well. 
Um, you have anything else to touch in regards? Just uh, one more thought. Um, it, it was actually reported uh, yesterday or the day before. Really a sad situation. The Oakland A's, and I hope they have this it doesn't start a trend, but the Oakland A's have pretty much announced um, they're not going to pay their minor league players the rest of the year, so they are eventually. Um, so that is, look, we, we, we joked earlier, no one's missing meals, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about minor league players. Now we are talking about people missing meals. 100%. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I've wrote articles about it and I've had certain podcasts about it. It is a rather in, not everyone's Bryce Harper, not everyone's Steven Strasburg. A lot of people grind through some real shit conditions to get to the majors. And I think that's another important reason why in negotiations, players are so fervent to get what they think they truly deserve. An extra million dollars to me and you when you're already making 18 million is not a whole lot to me and you. But when you know that there's a guy down in the minors who that million dollars moves that pay scale just up a little bit. And now we get to a point where we're probably not going to have a minor league season and the Oakland days, which they're not the friendliest team when it comes to handing out money. Um, they're obviously taking that stance and, it's really unfortunate, but it's kind of the sign of the times that are happening right now, unfortunately. But it, that's, that's something to ponder on because you brought that up. What are the chances of an extended roster? You know, I think it's pretty good. I think it was actually written in there. I think what it's going to be is pretty much you have a pool of 50 players, 5-0. You pick 30 of them. They're in uniform. The other 20 are sitting in the stands, um, wherever – but not available, not, they're in street clothes, essentially. Um, they, it's called the taxi squad, and I guess that's what they're going to call it. Um, it really makes things interesting for teams building in terms of what do you do with that kid for the Padres, for example. What do you do with Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore? Do you want them to be in street clothes 90% of the time this year? Or do you just say, hey, you know what, stay home in Georgia, throw to – throw in your high school or whatever, and, you know, maybe Arizona Fall League. It's very interesting. Obviously, we've never seen anything like this. Um, so I think the building of team roster is almost just as interesting as how the players are going to react to this. You know, I think I'm glad you brought up the Padres because they have, like, uh, the deepest or top three deepest farms. Uh, so some of around on a league because they're going to be sitting days. Those guys are going to be putting in work, just like an extended thing, um, getting what they can in. Um, but I'd be interested, to, with those extended rosters, the extension of players. Um, before this pandemic, it was going to be they added the 26th man. Um, it, it wouldn't be bad just to an extended uh, they do in September um, just to get Maybe that fringe triple-A prospect, that high-end double-A prospect, a couple in there, maybe a guy like Patino or Gore um, in a bullpen role, necessarily a starter's role, but test their composure, see what they like on uh, in, on a smaller scale, and, and give them a little extra run as far as um, not losing the development time, right? I agree. I agree. Um, I, I think it's going to be – 
a test for how franchises this year, whoever can kind of weather this storm, they'll have an advantage going forward because things are changing. Um, I, I don't know if we'll ever see 50,000 people in a stadium ever again. So things have to change now. How, you know, my, salaries are going to drop more than likely. So it's, it's about kind of getting ahead of it. And it's very similar to gambling. You know, it's trying to be a step ahead. And that's what teams are trying to do right now. And um, it's weird because no one really knows which direction we're supposed to go. So how do you know if that step is truly ahead? It, it's kind of the fun of what's going on. I, well, the intrigue, I don't know if any, there's anything fun going on, but the intrigue of what's going on. So look at our podcast at the step ahead. We're trying to educate our listeners. Don't necessarily consider us a PED as far as <laughs> trying to get you guys ahead of the game, but we are trying to prepare you. We are, we are giving you those warning signs. We are um, giving you some intel in, in regards to what to look for once you start, start moving forward. But let's move forward now. Yesterday was, uh, it brought me back. Uh, yesterday was a, a interest, I saw an inter- a very interesting tweet, okay? And this is just something off the side that I wanted to talk to, uh, be first about. Yesterday, I believe it was the 20-year anniversary, the Dead Days attempted the bunt to break up the no-hitter. Your thoughts? Before mine, because I loved it, actually. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, I see it both ways. Um, I've been a pitcher, not obviously at that level. I've never had a perfect game, probably outside of the third batter. Um, but I'll tell you, it, it has to be, if you go, if you're Ben Davis and you go up there in what, what was it, the seventh or eighth inning, and you know he knows. Yeah. If you go up there going, I'm putting a bunt down, you have to know, okay, if I put this bunt down and I get on first base, there are 24 other people that like me and everybody else in baseball thinks I'm a piece of crap. And, but you know what? He has a job to do. And let's be honest, Ben Davis had about 18 hits in his career. All right. (laughs) He, Austin Hedges looks like Barry Bonds compared to Ben Davis. All right. Bless him because you know what? It's 20 years later and I don't have to Google it up. I I know it was Bob Benley who, who, who was uh, whining like a little girl. Bless his heart. You know what? It's 20 years later and we remember Ben Davis. So good for him. Absolutely good for him. But, you know, you brought up Bob Brown. He was the one who loves to find controversy in regards oh. to whomever. Is. And it just happens to be our San Diego Padres. He was managing when that old fiasco. Was, you know what? My hat's off. Because at the end of the game, it was still only a three-run game, I believe. Exactly. And you still go up. You try to win the game. And if you, if you have – any others and otherwise too, then you know what? There are some professionals that will let you know that. And um, good for him. I, 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 I was present at the Florida Marlins. I forgot the name of the guy that was pitching. AJ Burnett. AJ Burnett, no hit against the Padres. And it was like the worst no hit that could ever happen. Oh, because he gave up so many walks. You know, all these guys were on base. We just couldn't put a, a, the bat on the ball. And this guy ends up walking away with, like, the worst no-hitter of all time. 
against my team. So I'm glad Ben Davis tried to put that bunt down. You know what? Even if he flips a bat in a bunt situation, you don't know what the pitcher is going to react to. No, you got to, you know, I'm not saying there's guys on base, but when there's a guy on second and you flash bunt, Wolves on their heels, you know, and that's just part of the game. So, you as a pitcher have a different action. Me as a fan of old school baseball, because I think bunting is a lost art. I love a good bunt, regardless if it's a sack bunt or just moving the guy over. Um, I'm a fan of, and and that's just not today's analytics. But um, yeah, 20 years ago, yesterday, Ben Davis makes news, right? That's awesome. <laughs> Loved it. Great, I loved you know, it. and like I said, I remember exactly <laughs> what it was and all that. And, and even the AJ Burnett, I'm pretty sure I, I read something. I think he had a runner on every inning or something like every, that. Every inning. And he loaded the bases in two separate innings. And he, right. it was like 185 pitch. And <laughs> I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It was almost surreal to watch. Um, but it does seem like the Padres are always kind of that – who did th- who or what team did this happen to? Oh, it's probably the Padres. Yeah, it, in the history of sports, right? Oh, yeah. 20, 20 years ago, this happened to the yep. Padres. Exactly. You know? All right, moving forward. I love it. I wanted to, to touch That's up great. on a little Ben Davis story. Um, breaking. The NHL announced it announced Tuesday it will abandon the rest of the season and go straight into a 24 set of team plus this is something researched in two um i researched a little bit as far as how the overtime rules are gonna go it's very interesting in, in regards to how the seedings are gonna go um what do you think you know it, it's it's so i think it's the sp- perfect sports analogy for the way the year 2020 is going because I, I have so many thoughts on it, but I, I think it's an absolute travesty that the Chicago Blackhawks and my, Montreal uh, Canadians are in whatever you want to call this, whatever playoff, you know, these are really bad hockey teams and the Edmonton Oilers are going to have to play Chicago and they're going to have to win a five-game series. And they should. Don't get me wrong. If they're the better team, they should do that. But I still don't think it's fair for Edmonton to have to play a, a sneaky Chicago team that Taves, Kane, and Crawford, if all of a sudden they can, you know, eat their Wheaties or get their Michael Jordan Space Jam juice, all of a sudden, you know, they're in and, and they move on. And the hub cities, I think, are very interesting because – I know hockey isn't huge in Southern California and isn't really as popular. It's probably what the fourth or even fifth most popular sport in our country, even behind well, we soccer. <laughs> and it's, I will tell you this though, you go to a hockey game, whether it's a triple a or a pro hockey game, you will fall in love. You might not want to watch the game on TV, but you will try and go back to as many hockey games as you can to watch live. And I do believe of all the sports we're going to lose that atmosphere of it's the playoffs, the, the fans in the playoffs in the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, it's, there's, it's, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's weird, but Nashville, they're throwing catfish on the ice. They're chugging. You, you got offensive linemen for the Titans chugging beers through catfish. Um, I mean, just, 
you don't see that really anywhere else, and we're going to miss that this year. Um, and it, it's a bummer, but I, I do think it opens things up because now you have six more teams in the um, – or no, I'm sorry, eight more teams mm-hmm. in the postseason, and that changes a lot of betting lines in terms of what the playoffs have now started – you can go, you know, Boston, probably one of the favorites. Boston and Philadelphia um, were playing really good hockey towards the end. They're plus 600. And you go down to Montreal and Chicago, they're plus, I think, 10, plus 10,000. Um, so, you know, yeah. uh, you, you see kind of the difference and everything pretty much in between. So it really shows you that no one really knows. And I, I, I've said it before, I love hockey, but I can't really sit here on a podcast and state re- my reputation on things here. But I can say, if you watch, I guarantee you, the first couple games in each series, it's going to become obvious where you should bet. I can guarantee you that. Well, in regards to some of the overtime rules, this is where I'm kind of confused. Um, Qualifying round, playoff, overtime rules, um, or the qualifying round uh, games, they use the playoff overtime rules. Okay, versus the round robin games, uh, they're going to use the regular season overtime rules and the shootout rules. Um, how is this going to affect betting lines? I mean, the majority of the games are not going to go overtime. Let's just just look at it like that. But the difference in the two, as far as what Vegas may do, it's. I think it's definitely going to affect the over under. Mm-hmm. Um, just because when you have, so obviously the, um, what do they call it? The qualifiers that yep. is playoff. So they can't afford, you know, that's, that's, you gotta be the best of the best. You, you don't chalk it up to a shootout or anything like that. It's five on five until someone scores. I remember the penguins and flyers 20 years ago playing seven overtimes where they're open up dominoes to make pizzas for the players in intermission. That's what we're doing there. And then we have, like you said, the qualify or the, the uh, round Robin, which is five minutes, three on three hockey, which is pretty much tennis on ice, pretty much um, back and forth. So that'll be very interesting, but I think it will affect the over under in terms of when you have just overall the, the, the qualifier, uh, the qualifying round is going to be played more tighter to the vest. Um, maybe not so much the first game, but as we get deeper into the series, especially game fours and five, when people are look talking about elimination, they're playing closer, more defense. It's not go, go, go. As opposed to the round robin where, look, you know, hey, we're, when this is all said and done, even if we lose all these games or all three of these games, we're still going to be at worst a four seed. We're going to have – home ice, which if you're a hockey fan, the only thing that really matters about is you get last line change. You, you pretty much get to stack your team against the other team um, going into the face-off because um, obviously there won't be fans or even cities at this point. Um, but the effects of betting, I think the higher lines will be in the round robin because you're going to see a more open, free-flowing offensive game. Um, the qualifiers gosh it's so hard to um, the qualifiers it's like don't misspeak the qualifiers are going to be the lower scoring i think that's going to be more goalie defined i think you're really going to see contrasting hockey you're going to see regular season hockey on one side 
and playoff hockey on the other. And that's something obviously we've never seen before and we probably right. will never see again. Right. So um, let's also make it a point to say they haven't determined, one, a date. They haven't determined the um, games played within a series. They're talking about hub cities, um, two hub cities, uh, but they're also they're also having to deal with these governmental rules. You know, uh, Canada's put this fourteen day quarantine in regard to anybody traveling into Canada, uh, but they've mentioned three Canadian cities: Toronto being one of them, Montreal, and forgot the third. As far as maybe ah, I forgot the third, but in regards to a hub city. This is all based on um, how each one of those cities is, is handling Corona, is, is what their numbers are like, what the testing sites are like in regards to. So, you know, there's a lot to be determined um, where things are being played. They're talking about third Stanley Cup city, separate from the two hub cities for the, uh, the, the two conference champions. Um, so there's a lot moving forward. I'm kind of happy that there's at least a plan going out there, though. Definitely. And I, I've heard a lot of people kind of say this is, uh, what, putting the, the, the carriage before the horse or however that goes. But you know what? It's something for us to kind of chew on while I think they get the, the less sexy stuff to talk about. Um, and it's interesting because they put this out, and I think it's intentional, but the minute it gets put out, within... I, I want to say minutes, it might have been hours, but you have full betting lines, okay? You know, it's, it's like the betting, the betters woke up today or the, the line makers woke up today like, okay, here we go, day one, we're essential again right now. And it was very quick and it's very interesting because I think we'll talk about it next week with the casinos opening, but it's, it's interesting because I think the betting is going to kind of curtail how these – leagues come back because they're not gonna they're not going to sit there and acknowledge it but gambling is a huge revenue stream for these teams and these leagues and my own my one thing I will say when it does come to Stanley Cup cities and hub cities is I don't know how look if you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan and the Philadelphia Flyers are in the Stanley Cup and it is game seven and they are playing in Pittsburgh you're not going to go to PPC, PNC Paints Arena? Mm -hmm. Come on. There's going right. to be a crowd. There's going to be crowd control. What do we do then? Right. Um, even in the SEC football, you're going to sit here and tell me people aren't going to be at bars in Tuscaloosa? Right. I mean, it's, it, it, we, we, we see what's inside the stadium, and that works. It's fine. We'll keep them out. But come on. People – We'll get there, and no one's going to be okay with, oh, we won a Stanley Cup behind closed doors, and I was 25 miles away, but you know what? It, we'll, we'll see it next time. No. Right, right. You're going to you know, have thousands, and at that point, I think it becomes more dangerous than actually just letting people in, but at the same time, you can't let it, – it's a, it's a weird, weird situation. Pretty much, I mean, everything, 2020, right? Right, right. Let's just skip 20, straight to 2020. Exactly. But, you know, it's uh, – who's going to stop the people? The masks speak, things start to open up. You know, a uh, couple of weeks back, we're having all these protests downtown. It doesn't matter where downtown. Downtown San Diego, downtown 
-hmm. whomever, wherever, things start to open up. I was out in Arizona this weekend and, you know, I could count the, the number of people with masks on on a single hand. Gyms are opening up, the lakes are packed, and there's just no there's just no um, social distancing going on. The 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 Lake of the Ozarks full to capacity, you know, and that's Missouri. So it's like, come on now, things people will show up. People will no matter what, no matter what, you know. And establishments may just get a slap on the hand just to uh, say the government or whomever the county did something where they're at. Be first. Any uh, finishing comments? Uh, you know, I just another another great episode talking about, you know, what's going on. Um, and we, we talked about, it, I think this is kind of the last quote unquote slow week um, in terms of us trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. And a lot of what we, it was a slow week, but the pieces we had were very, uh, you know, they were juicy. They were, it's like, can you go to a, um, restaurant maybe that steak might not be as big as that new york uh new york strip but you know what that that little piece was really really good um so that's what this was i think we're gonna really get to obviously i think we're gonna have more lines i do expect something baseball wise to be somewhat planted um and i do hope that we have some betting lines um like we did for the nhl i also expect the nba uh, i think the N nfl is just full steam ahead. They're almost Corona impervious right now. Um, so I'm, I don't have any worry about them, but I do expect more news on MLB and NBA and colleges too. I was kind of surprised that there were no real heavy news on the college aspect of it, but another good episode. And I can't wait to do it again next week because every time we get these, these stories and we can find the gambling angle for us and the listener, um, it makes it easier when the games begin because um, we've done that, you know, the legwork, if you will. Well, the easy part's we, watching. What do they always say? Failure to prepare is preparing to fail, right? But Ain't I'm not going to end it with that uh, quote, as we talked about before we went on. You know what? I just want to thank you for uh, giving us your time again um, and your great insight in regards to what the MLB uh, news lately uh, was and then your 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 thoughts on what the NL did today. So, you know, like you said, in regards to the steak, we, we just had to give you a little taste. This is what we were given. I wasn't sure to talk about Tom Brady splitting his hands during this charity golf event. But, I mean, I brought it up, right? But we're not – we're ending the show. Um, so, again, thank you for your time. And let me just end with this because this kind of touches up on our podcast, not just Brandon first and my, my thoughts, but all the guys, Raider Jim, uh, Icky Shuffle, Craig Mizrak, Josh, uh, Dr. Steve, who, you know, if you don't know Dr. Steve, you got to really follow Dr. Steve on Twitter. This guy has written three books. Um, he's, he's got a law enforcement background. And he's just, he chimes in on some funny stuff. And he wants to break some stuff down. He really breaks it down. And he's the number one Baltimore Ravens fan on Twitter. And um, I, I just love, you know, seeing some of the, the that he tweets about. But let me just with this. Um, San Diego State, Kawhi Leonard's team, they make that Elite Eight run and they captivate the uh, 
the minds and the hearts of this great city, San Diego. And they lose to UConn. And the only thing I remember that news conference is Steve Fisher. He says, I think when you enjoy what you're doing, you get to where you want to go. That team enjoyed what they were doing. B first and myself are enjoying um, what we're doing. And we know we have a clear path for where we want to take this um, for ourselves and for our audience. So I just want to wrap that up with that. And we'll be back next week with a lot more news. This was a real slow week. And, and this week moving forward from today on is going to be picking it up. And I can't wait to get back on air with uh, my guy at First Report. Follow him on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thanks.